Pages podcast. Um, I'm going to be pretty quick on this one because uh, I want to get this out as quickly as possible. It's a chat with Meg uh, from Carrie Moore uh, Seaweed Farm down in Pembrokeshire. Um, this is part of my Kickstarter that we're doing at the moment. Uh, thanks to all the backers that we've had so far. Um, it's going really well. We've got 21 days left. Um, the main reason that I'm doing the Kickstarter is to raise awareness of seaweed and the chat that I have with uh, Meg, which I just had with her today on Friday, um, is completely mega like if you want to learn more about how we could actually solve the climate crisis and be really really proactive and come up with uh, a realistic solution uh, which could potentially create like hundreds and hundreds of jobs could actually be the start of a completely new industry in the uk um we're at the very beginning uh feel insanely passionate about this um so yeah uh, there's some absolute some absolute um essential information in here that you can learn from Meg who has been involved in the Carrymore seaweed farm uh, for three years now um, so yeah uh, please get into this one um, it's absolutely mega thanks so much Meg for being uh, a guest today uh, it was absolutely brilliant Nice one, uh, Meg. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, so yeah, things have happened really quickly with our uh, relationship, I suppose, if you call it that. Um, so I've obviously started the Kickstarter and sort of fallen into the whole project of uh, creating a clothing range using seaweed fibre. Um, and the big one for me is with seaweed farms is like the whole carbon capture and the uh, climate change um, impacts that we can have with seaweed farms. Um, can you tell me exactly what a seaweed farm is so that everyone knows exactly what it is? Yeah, for sure. Um, a seaweed farm, or in Carrie Moore's case, an ocean farm. So we've, we want to put a load of shellfish in there as well. But seaweed farms are where you grow seaweed from ropes out to sea. So currently in the UK, um, people have access to seaweed by hand harvesting or have done um, which is a beautiful job you're in direct contact with nature you work with the tides um, and yeah you just pick the seaweed from the rocks and wash and dry um, this has its issue though because obviously as seaweed increases in popularity there there will come a day there will come a point where hand harvesting is no longer sustainable Okay. Um, and to avoid that kind of tendency that we've got seaweed farms are just brilliant because we have the tendency of of kind of um yeah overusing overfishing um yeah so hopefully with this kind of move to seaweed farms we'll be able to rope grow the seaweed that we need and not damage um the seaweed stocks from hand harvesting so a seaweed farm like ours is in the ocean and the seaweed ropes are horizontal i kind of imagine them that they're, they're quite like bunting so yeah, yeah. so they don't want to drop too yeah. too far below this the water's surface because obviously seaweed photosynthesizes so it needs the light um but yeah they can come in any kind of shape a lot of seaweed farms are like grid like um the ones we've got are just a pair of parallel lines mm -hmm. um and yeah depending on like where the seaweed farms are in the world. Obviously you have countries um, in Asia that just are so far ahead compared to we are. Um, I think they've said that you can see it from space um, oh, right. with seaweed farms in Asia. Um, so yeah, but yeah, in Wales, you can't yet see carrying more seaweed farm from space. Maybe that's something I should aim for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. So you guys are the only one in Wales, the only commercial seaweed farm in Wales. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, which is pretty mad. Um, but since we've been going, we've also got some um, like partnering organisations that have also put some ropes out. Uh, and we are very much in a trial phase. So yeah, um, yeah our, our farm is fully licensed and it's the first farm of its type. So seaweed and shellfish um, growing out at sea. Uh, yeah, exciting times. 
Yeah, amazing. Um, so talk about like the licenses. So if I say I, I go to Anglesey all the time, I know a site which in my mind would be amazing for seaweed farms, um, like Hollyhead Harbour. Um, it had like it was it got totally destroyed by um, like an easterly storm, which is like a really rare wind, which you'll know, an easterly uh, gale. Um, but literally the whole pontoon area completely destroyed loads of boats, like millions of pounds. Um, I think it was about two or three years ago. So Hollyhead Harbour, it used to be amazing, like for boats and whatnot. Um, but now it's completely destroyed uh, and kind of been left. Um, so in my mind, and I might be completely wrong, uh, but uh, Hollyhead Harbour looks like it could be an amazing site for a seaweed farm. Um, if you were to try to do that, what? how do you do it? Who do you go to see to actually get the licences? Um, how does it work? Is it a total nightmare? Yeah, an absolute nightmare. Um, but fortunately for me, because Karima was set up as like a cooperative type structure, um, we gave the licensing process over to my dad. So he had 18 months worth of um, speaking to the Crown Estate, yeah. um, National yeah. Resources Wales in Wales, and um, CFAS. So there's just a number of consents, licenses, and permissions that you need to get. Um, part of the reason why it took us so long um, is mainly because the license didn't exist. So they had paperwork, they had legislation for shellfish, but at the moment you were asking them for a license to grow seaweed off ropes, it didn't exist, but but we've kind of paved that way. So it's cool. there now, which is great. Um, I keep seeing Carrie Moore as like the eldest child. It's like yeah. the one that has to go, go through a lot of yeah, yeah, aggravation, yeah. but hopefully behind us, it just makes the process a bit more straightforward. Mm -hmm. um, Hollyhead sounds epic. I don't have much knowledge on kind of how to site locations best, but I suppose that's something that I hope to learn from the trial farms. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we also partner up, we've partnered up with um, this amazing woman called Nikki who started the Seaweed Farmers and she has an ocean farm in Holland, which yeah, is in a harbour. Yeah, and she has a very similar approach to us. Like she's very collaborative. She's very open. She wants yeah. to talk about um, seaweed. So, yeah, I think it's about asking questions at this point to people that do know. Like we've got neighbouring countries like Ireland and Scotland. They're way ahead of Wales yeah. and England. So um, the people are there to ask. But, yeah, it definitely feels like early days in terms of us really understanding how we're in this this kind of point where to put our farms um yeah but so, yeah ironically we're in the ramsey sound which is where yeah. one of the most treacherous bit of waters in the uk so um yeah. strange yeah well see we'd love the turbulence they love the they love really, the kind yeah. of turbulent yeah. waters yeah it'll bring the nutrients through Wow, um, okay. Nikki from Seaweed Farmers was excited about the growth that we have had on the farm with our seaweed um, and we think it might be down to that um, just yeah highly nutritious waters. Yeah I think Anglesey's got it obviously the whole of Wales and the UK has a huge tidal range but Anglesey in particular you've got the Menai Strait so the the sea rushes really fast all around Anglesey uh, and there's lots of like tide races um, and Hollyhead I think where South Stack is, um, it, the tide race around there, you can obviously see it. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of current, I think, going around. So. Yeah, the magical place, Anglesey. Yeah. Um, also, I think as well, like, if you consider what you want to be growing the seaweed for, mm -hmm. then you can think about what type of water you want to grow it in. Because we obviously, in the UK, we have grade A and grade B waters. Grade A is good for food, grade B is not. Um, and I'm I'm kind of excited about the potential of growing seaweed or having ocean farms in waters that are really polluted and and kind of working out well how how does that affect the water how much reduce how much can we reduce this pollution and also then what can we use the seaweed for because there's lots of uses that it has that's not food um, so. Yeah, I'm excited about the kind of dirty water farms and what could come out of that.
Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so in terms of your actual seaweed, um, what what are you actually harvesting? Are you is it for only for food at the moment? And do you have to have different license licenses to grow different types of seaweed for different purposes? Yeah, um, we're now at the latest stage in that process. So we've got a few more boxes to tick. That's kind of like with the food standards agency and um, making sure that what we grow on the farm is fit. That you, we are legally allowed to sell it. Um, but yeah, it's um, for the trial farm, the harvest, we've got two types of kelp. Um, so we've got their common names are sugar weed, sugar kelp and all weed. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we want to harvest them for food products and also for fertilizer. Um, as I mentioned, like this farm is small, it's a trial. Um, so we're not dealing with the quantities that we want to, um, but we're kind of hoping or we, we've made an assumption that we might get about 10 tonnes um, from our trial farm sites. So yeah, half of this will go into like a liquid fertiliser that's simply cold pressed. So you just chuck it in a barrel, let it break down. Um, I did kind of try some out last year, made some myself um, and it was lovely on plants. It was great for growing. I'd like to do like a houseplant edition and a grower's um, version. So uh, I'm noticing that a lot of my friends are sat in houses that are just and surrounded by houseplants. And you just think, yeah. um, let's, let's see what happens when we put seaweed on there. And then, yeah, the food, the food products are really important for Carry More. Like we're really passionate about getting more people eating seaweed. It's part of this magic is, is, yeah introducing it into our diets um and like with you with the t-shirts i never realized that the iodine would actually get into the skin which is amazing like i'm sat here itching i've always had skin problems <laughs> really, yeah. yeah so i can't wait to get a t-shirt on it's great wow, yeah, because um, yeah. the reason I think you guys know uh, Alec Watt, because that's who I first chatted to about seaweed, and um, he got into seaweed because he has um, diabetes, and it's meant to be really good. There's a there's a sock that's made using uh, a percentage of seaweed in it, and he bought these socks. It's meant to be really good for diabetes, and then that's what got him into seaweed farms. Um, but yeah, then when, when you actually read about sea salt, and them putting it into clothing and it says that the vitamins and minerals uh, that are emitted from the actual clothing it's hard to mm. believe I suppose but um, that's actually really good for your skin um, and also if you've got anything like itchy skin or any sort of you know like a um, reaction to clothing and stuff it's meant to be amazing uh, so um, it's the thing that I found is that it's not that it's not it's so I mean, I suppose it goes without saying because you got it's only just been starting in terms of the seaweed farms here, but it's like just things like it not being used in clothes, it's not that big at the moment. And I see that it will be, I think, I think in a, a year's time, I'm pretty sure that it will, as long as the demand that's what I'm trying to do with this Kickstarter is increase the demand so that the, the price goes down effectively. Yeah. Um, I did hear about sea cell in your last podcast with Howard, but could you tell me a bit more about it? Like, what is it actually made yeah. from, or how? Well, yeah, if um, it actually has a, a percentage of pulp in it as well, so it's it's made from um, like uh, trees as well. So it's sustainable forest mixed with a percentage okay. of the seaweed. Um, they use bladder rack uh, seaweed. Nice. Um, which is then ground down into a powder uh, and then it's mixed with the pulp to create the material. So sea cell is a trademarked patented material that then gets sent to, uh, I don't know if, if that actually creates the fibre or if they sell, send the sea cell that then is blended in with uh, the cotton um, that then makes the fabric. Um, I'm just learning more and more than anything, but I think the percentage of actual sea seaweed that's in the sea cell is around four percent, so it's actually like really small. But it obviously says that it does it does do all it has all these amazing qualities as well. But I just wonder the percentage of seaweed needs to be kept quite small um, because it might I don't know break down easier. I don't know. It's, 
Yeah, uh, just turn yeah. us yellow or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It but, seems to be a common theme, like a really low percentage or a really mm, small amount, like mm. in food as well. Oh, they really, talk about yeah, having a, a gram, yeah, have a gram yeah. or so a week, yeah. and you just think like, what? That's nothing. It, it's, yeah, less is more with seaweed, I think. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just learning things like that because people will ask, like, oh, when they read more about sea salt they'll turn around and say well it's only got four percent of seaweed in it um and then as long as i've got the the, the the right answers back like that and saying that actually too much seaweed isn't good it just has to be the, the right amount because um, i think too much iodine in your diet is isn't good but the right amount is yeah really good yeah we're, we're we're the most iodine deficient nation in europe so right. there's it's not i I think in part, I'm not a nutritionist, but I'm going to have a go. In part, it's like um, you don't want to be eating too much iodine because you don't need that much iodine. But mm. in, an, in a, another part, it's, whoa, our bodies are used to being iodine deficient. So go right. easy. Like I've been trying out sea spaghetti, this amazing spaghetti that is like, yeah, um, I harvested it last year and I'm looking forward. I think the season for it will start in a month or so, but you can just, you can harvest it from the rocks and it works like pasta or like noodles and mm. it's delicious. Like I, I love it, but I I've, I've fed it to a friend and she was up all night. So it's just like, right, and she right. felt really ill. So we spoke to a nutritionist to be like, is it the iodine? Is it this? Is it that? And she was like, it might be histamine. It might be iodine, but she's like, it's likely that it's, you're coming at it from a, a deficient kind of place so we have yeah. to we have to like tread carefully particularly at the beginning because we're just not eating these foods they're completely yeah. absent from our diet um but i like the the link with iodine to the thyroid gland is just is oh, just so key because they reckon that the thyroid gland or having problems with your thyroid is can just can just include so many diseases and so many illnesses that's like oh it rather than a um it's like a preventative type, type thing we can you know use seaweed to just bring it back into our diet and then hopefully a lot of these modern illnesses and all the symptoms will either reduce or we can get rid of them um because yeah. yeah there's things about like obesity or um inflammatory kind of type diseases all these things can be helped with seaweed which is um wonderful yeah it's crazy like the more you, you learn about seaweed and um i don't know if this is 100 percent true but um i've heard that all seaweed in the uk is edible um i don't know how edible but you can actually eat all of it um but it's amazing that it's not part of our diet being like an island nation and we can literally just walk down to the beach and pick it up and eat it if, if we want um it is just that's one of the big really exciting things yeah. that I've found about getting into this whole seaweed game is that it feels like it's about to be it should be being used uh, and it could be used and like the seaweed farms if we can get all these seaweed farms going and the there's yeah there's just so much opportunity isn't there definitely yeah I I think as well like seeing seaweed as it was being used 50 to 100 years ago yeah. um, and it's just quickly like rapidly disappeared yeah um is one of those things that you're like oh yeah it it wasn't very long ago that we did know how to do this but we kind of have to refine those skills and yeah learn that knowledge again but um yeah it is amazing it's amazing what a kind of dark area it is like yeah. so little knowledge about it completely yeah um yeah so one of the uses that um i've research and found was like we've talked about the fertilizer uh, being used and that could obviously be used in farms but the the big one is uh, adding it to um cattle's diet to help reduce methane um do you know much about this um i know what what a, like yeah a handful of google searches can kind of yeah. tell you and to be honest with those google searches you very quickly realize like oh the last source told me 99 percent, and now this source is telling me 90 percent, and that's by that i mean reduction in methane outputs mm -hmm. um so yeah i feel very much like a millennial at that point once i start talking really? about these things to like there's not there's not the research there's not the evidence which is which is just 
a common reoccurring theme that we've had doing the setup of Carry More. It's like, yeah. oh, see, we can be a bioplastic, amazing. Uh, how can I get some packaging that's made out of seaweed to package my seaweed products? Oh, I can't. Not yet. Um, more money, more research, like it, it, more time needs to go into these things before. And that's definitely the same with the animal feed. But I really, I got really inspired after listening to your last podcast with, um, with Howard because I just love this approach of being like straight to go. And that's what we've got to do if, totally. if, if seaweed's going to be a way to to um do like a carbon credit thing with seaweed um then we've just got to have a go and yeah the same with the animal feed it's like it's about speaking to farmers it's about just getting some seaweed in some in into some cow's diets and seeing what happens but obviously you need scientists and you need money and you need yeah. you need energy to put into all of that like so much of carrying more setup has not been paid and that's not an issue when you're so enthusiastic about it but it's just an issue when you're trying to kind of navigate through modern life and think um i want to ask this friend to volunteer their time again and all of that is really hard because yeah, you're like yeah. we've, we've all got a week um yeah. but yeah i think i'm really hopeful about the development of seaweed and animal feed i just love the fact that such a simple solution is kind of being debated you're like this yeah. is amazing. I don't need to guilt trip myself into going vegan. I can, yeah, just learn about this thing that has the potential to mean that we can eat beef and we can feel okay about it. <laughs> totally, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, amazing. So, yeah, um, I, I've had like um, uh, one person on Instagram when I, because I've been, the headline that I have done on my Instagram is uh, seaweed will save the world. Um, I know that's completely pie in the hat in the sky sort of headline and uh, it's designed more than anything just to grab people's attention and just say like this the potential of seaweed could save the world there's like so much you know what we're talking about here that we can do um but the conversation that i got into was like actually how good seaweed could be for climate change which is the ultimate aim of my project and really the business um so yeah what we want to do and i know you guys promote this as well is that with with planting seaweed and creating these seaweed farms to help um, soak up carbon dioxide um, and there's obviously there's again it's all google and statistics out there where uh, per acre seaweed soaks up 20 times more carbon than the equivalent of a, a forest for example so and it grows like insanely quicker there's so many mm. pluses compared to trees um, so this kind of conversation that I've got in, into with someone um, and still sort of ongoing but he's arguing that it isn't good for climate change and um, what's your take on that when someone kind of says that and how can i how can we sort of make people realize that actually if we can invest in these seaweed farms it is going to be really good for carbon uh, emissions uh, absorbing carbon emissions um what's what's your take on it and what have you learned so far um I think it's great that we're being questioned. Yeah. I think it's really good to have these interactions with people where they challenge you and, you know, they do send a link to some research or to some, yeah, they ha even have evidence to back up what they're saying. That's, it's, it's really challenging and, and it kind of, it makes you go back to the drawing board, kind of reassess the situation and be like, why do I want to do this? Why am I passionate about this? What is it about? this project that I am so engaged with and I think for me having had similar challenges where someone's kind of come up to you and said like now nah, I get your statistics right or um, hang on a second what about this do you know about this and you think no I don't have any clue about that um, I think it's just yeah for, for me we we already know I, th I think it's about kind of sticking with what or starting with what we already know. And if there's already seaweed growing in the sea and, yeah. and a scientist can work out, okay, that the seaweed that's growing in the sea, say absorbs 600, I think it's 600 and something million tons of carbon. Mm -hmm. Then you're like, well, this mm -hmm. is already going on. Seaweed's already in the sea. It's already sequestering that carbon. That's a natural cycle that we're now, and, and to get an idea, 600 million 
um, tons of carbon is like double what the UK emits. So you're like, okay, this seaweed, if, if we did it just for the UK, then the world seaweed already absorbs all the carbon that, that Brits give out. Yeah. It's like, well, if that's already going on, then I already know that to be true. Then I, can I grow some seaweed from these ropes here? And how much carbon does that emit? Oh, we can do environmental monitoring. We have the equipment, we have the science, we have the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just mm-hmm. got to work together. We've just got to find a way to work together. I think that's the biggest thing for me is like when these questions come up from people, you think brilliant, like here's a disagreement that will, that we'll both come out of knowing a bit more, but also um, teamwork. We've got to work together. Um, Yeah. I'm sure that guy that's challenging you on, on social media must be passionate about something otherwise he oh, 100%. Um, it's that's the thing that i said yeah. to him it's like you, you know we're totally singing from the same hymn sheet here um he's kind of more arguing that i'm just adding to consumers and i'm creating a t-shirt and no one else needs you know there's the whole talk of like we don't need more clothes <clears throat> yeah and he says that you know and he's totally right we've got enough clothes in the world to last us forever and we should be recycling them um, but my my answer to recycling as well is that the carbon uh, footprint of recycling is actually pretty big, like recycling, and we're also recycling a lot of the time with clothing, recycling polyester, which has to be uh, like melted down and the carbon footprint of that, whereas like the seaweed factor and the organic cotton factor, um, to me, because we're actually if we if the demand for the seaweed increases and we want it more in our clothing then therefore my my whole business model is that um we need more seaweed farms and therefore we're going to soak up more carbon dioxide and therefore we're going to help tackle the climate crisis and that model to me is like what you know why wouldn't you want to do this um and just it it's just it's just things to me as well like with the whole offset your carbon footprint everyone there's no one i mean i don't know what if you fly and you know if you cut down your international flights and things like that but everyone is still going to jump on that plane uh, as soon as we're allowed to um and it's like it's a total fact um but if we can say to people or go to the airlines or whatever and you say there's a real viable way to actually offset your carbon footprint by investing in seaweed farms and increasing these seaweed farms again it's just another answer to help you know potentially solving that big big issue um yeah i don't know yeah yeah definitely i'm well into that um i i also feel like um perhaps i'm being a bit of a i don't know what but i feel like too much blame and guilt is left for Mm. the the individual like and that's probably because yeah i went to i flew to columbia last year to do more circus training my background's in contemporary dance and a dancer and and since since finishing my dance training i've just i've just found that i love circus and aerial and i do aerial hoop and i was out in Columbia it's pretty much a holiday like I went all the way to Columbia to do some circus there's plenty of circus in this country or well, there was pre-covid this yeah I didn't need to do that but I'm of the firm belief that like we don't need to I don't know we yeah maybe I'm wrong and I would happily be challenged on it maybe there's someone on social media that could challenge me on it but I I don't yeah I I never it never sat comfortable sat very comfortably with me this thing of like individual blame and guilt I had it a lot with vegans I used to have like some amazing heated debates with vegans about about yeah what to eat and I would say shellfish I'd be like but what about shellfish shellfish absorbs carbon like carbon nitrogen phosphorus it's a carbon negative food you're eating avocados like what about the water yeah Yeah, but it's like where does it start like where where does where does this end we can drive ourselves bonkers by oh was it like buying a bamboo cup and then you lose it and you feel terrible and you're like oh i've got to buy another one now you're just like it's first world problems for sure but it's also like it's real emotions like you feel those things of like like that guy saying to you about the t-shirts it's like those are doubts those are valid kind of reasons why we should or shouldn't do things but 
it's like I feel like we've all got to look at the the bigger picture and be like how do we want to live and can we do that in a way that's sustainable and caring for the for the planet which yeah like you say with the airlines that's a cracking idea like Mm. people can have their extravagant holidays to Colombia to swing around on a hoop but they can also you know help help put more seaweed in the water and and yeah yeah we're intelligent little chimps so I feel like we should just use that to do cool things I mean yeah I'm exactly the same and like um, I really feel like all, all what we've got to do to get out of the climate crisis situation is to be have really proactive action going on that actually uses business to to actually do things like I'm not against like extinction rebellion and protests and everything but the, the process of obviously heightened the media and get everyone got, got everyone going but I don't want to see protests again this year or next year because they don't get us anywhere. Um, what what will get us uh, places is action and ideas and actually trying stuff. Which is exactly what you're saying with like Howard from Carbon Capture. He's doing something like put sticking his neck on the line in loads of ways um, with an idea that he's got that he's passionate about, which actually could really help solve the carbon carbon sorry the the climate the climate crisis. Um, and that to me is what we need to be doing rather than again it's like complaining as well and just saying like or oh, we need it, almost the whole system change as well like we, we aren't gonna uh, get rid of capitalism I, I, if we could wake up tomorrow and have a completely different society model um, yeah that'd be awesome but it's not gonna happen um, no one voted for Jeremy Corbyn for example um, it's just it's never we, we need like business and ideas to that that essentially like make actually make people money um but all at the Uh same time um solve the climate crisis why why not there's so many jobs that can be created from seed farms you you know that like uh you guys um yeah so like with carrie moore like what 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 uh, what could be the future prospects of Carrie Moore? I think you talked about like a cafe and a visitor centre and things like that. How how big could it actually become in Wales? Um, this is the point where I have to make really big claims that I have no <laughs> idea about. But yeah, like you could say fifty farms in five years. You could yeah. say fifty farms yeah. in ten years. You could say, but the thing for me is. The important thing for me with Carrie Moore's future is that the structure uh, under which we've set up this ocean farm or this group of people, it's called a community benefit society. And I hadn't heard of it before we were advised to set up as this type of cooperative, but the structure is a democratic structure. It's quite similar to other organizations that are employee owned or um, kind of workers cooperatives. And we're set up in this way to, um, in order to, my dad's just walked in the room, just a massive distraction, I don't. Um, Yeah, so so the reason we've got this community benefit society is so that all the profits do go back into the business so it is just focusing on establishing more and more ocean farms i don't know how quickly that will take i thought we'd have a commercial scale farm by this point because we're three years in but we don't um we have a trial farm in order to do the research to get a commercial farm um, but the process has been like three times longer than we imagined or expected it to be. So I, th- I guess that's part of the future of Carrie Moore is to help other people to replicate this model. Um, but yeah, we're, 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 and it's funny you mentioned capitalism because I do see Carrie Moore as a, um, it's kind of a, a response to our experience of being within a capitalist society. I, I always joke to my parents being like, how much tax have you paid into this system? And I'm just like your classic late twenties that really hasn't paid their fair share in tax. Um, and and ha- I do benefit from, you know, health service and all of that kind of stuff. But um, I see Carrie Moore as, as like a revolutionary project. It's a group of people that are coming together. They're volunteering their time or they have been up to this point. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. are working cooperatively. We're not educated to do so, but we have like we're learning how to do that in order to set up shellfish and seaweed farms yeah, across yeah. the Welsh coast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 
and, and, and we really welcome collaboration. It slows us down. Like the amount of emails, the amount of phone calls you come away from or, or you get and you think, ah, uh, we're trying to make Carry more financially viable and I'm spending so much time developing our networks. But, but we always come back to the fact that it's essential. We have mm. to do it. We have yeah. to work yeah. with people. We need to know who else is out there. We need to understand how we can help one another. Because you mentioned it, the cafe and plans for land sites, we call them, because we've obviously got the sea sites and the land yeah. site. So yeah. with the land site, you need processing facilities. If, say, we have 10 ocean farms in Pembrokeshire in the next five years, well, we want everyone to just share the processing and the drying facilities. Okay, there is no yeah. point. Okay. There's no point 10 farmers having 10 boats and 10 processing facilities. We need to work in a way where we can support one another. We're building a new industry. This is like insanely exciting. It's a sustainable sector within a fishing industry that is on its knees. Like the fish is meant, the fish are meant to run out in 2050. Like that's how on its knees it is. And these poor boys who are now having to face like EU and, yeah. and all of the, like the bureaucracy that's coming with yeah. that after yeah. just seeing all their kind of, um, fellow fishermen just pack it up because yeah. you know there's not yeah. the money to be made or there's not even a livelihood to be made um, yeah so I'm really happy that it's happening at this time because of that the fishing industry is a funny one like I don't know much about it I haven't lived by the coast for a long time but the more exposure I have to the fishing industry it's similar to farmers actually the more mm. you realise like mm. there is a lot of decent people that just enjoy enjoy the the opportunity to have a job where they are in contact with nature and that they are actually having a really hard time like a lot of people will put fishermen down to people that put them down as people that don't care about the environment that are you know part of the overfishing problem or the same with farmers and actually i think hang on a second here guys like yeah we don't want to polarize ourselves from one another yeah. Um, we just yeah. we just need to learn to work together, um, yeah. and just try and support each other. Yeah. Um, oh man, yeah. it's like exactly. And extinction rebellions. Go on, sorry. Sorry, can we just go back on, with the extinction rebellion thing? So glad you noticed that. I really beat myself up over not going to those protests, and I I was trying to understand why I wasn't going. I had friends that went. Um, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't go, and I think it's because. Extinction Rebellion seemed to be, as an outsider's point of view, seemed to be asking the government to do something about the mm. climate crisis. Mm. And for me, I don't watch the news very much because I don't believe that government really care about the climate crisis. Maybe, maybe on a personal level they do, and maybe it's, it's them being fashioned by the environment or by the other people that are around them or maybe there's more to it than I realise. Like often situations are more complicated. They are more complex than just like, either you care or you don't. Um, yeah. But yeah. I don't think that we should put our energy into, hi government, please can you sort something out about this because you know it's scaring all of us or I'm yeah. 27 yeah. and I want to have kids or I don't know. I think it's better to go set up a group of people within a democratic structure and yeah just just you just we've just met so yeah do it yourself do it yourself and it will be messy and chaotic but but it instantly makes you feel better about the situation that's something i've definitely noticed in the last three years and i hope you have felt it with your t-shirts and with in nancy is the moment you start making modest change mm -hmm. that benefits the environment the better it all feels. I, I was angry at the start of Carrymore. I was angry and I was sad. I was, yeah, I was just shocked that this narrative was playing out in my life that, um, yeah, you've, you've grown up into a world that's burning, that's going up in flames and all the animals and all the fish are dying. And you, you just think like, what? This is nuts. Yeah. And then to put like COVID on top of that. Oh, oh now you have like oh, a yeah. deadly virus. It's just like, <laughs> stay at home. You just think, what is going on? But yeah. But if we can just get people outside and in nature, 
then hopefully everyone can just take those small steps that they need to take on a personal level to feel a little bit better about the narrative or, or whatever is going on in the world. Um, but yeah, it's nutty. I think everyone needs to give themselves a little pat on the back sometimes and be like, mm-hmm. we're still doing pretty mm-hmm. great considering what we know or what we yeah. understand. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I think your the whole model and the approach that you're taking in terms of um, being a collaborative like community benefit society set up um, for me, it's like that's exact. The only way that we're going to get out of the climate crisis is to have a model like that where everyone's sharing all the information because for me, it's that's where business and everything's kind of gone wrong because most businesses who are competitors will never ever share it's like a brand secret or a, an idea you're gonna just keep that secret to yourself because you'll make the most money out of that but that way of thinking is why we've got us got ourselves into the mess that we're in now and um, we've got the opportunity now with a, a new beginning let's call it with covid coming out of covid hopefully and ideas like seaweed farm we've got a new industry like on the cusp of being huge which people can make money out of um, if and but the model needs to be like what you guys are doing uh, where it's totally open um, and the one needs to wants to open a seaweed farm on the east coast of England and they can speak to you guys and, and you can share exactly how it's done then it's going to solve that's going to actually solve the climate crisis and that's the way that I think everyone needs to start to think uh, yeah the better, hopefully people are definitely yeah and I think it needs to be to to have a template model to have a replicable model we need to have we need to be able to do it in a number of ways because i the reason i've got into ocean farming like a kind of um a real honest truth is my parents saved money that they were willing to invest into the startup so they've done like a member's loan interest-free but like a lot of people wouldn't have parents with savings that would want to you know invest Mm. in their idea so if it's going to be a template model if it's going to be replicable then something that i'm hopeful for is that um another person say my age could come along and say i've got no money i've got you know but i want to do this and you think because of the structure that we have there is the money available for training like if you're able to volunteer if you're able to come down and help and get involved then you know that's what we'll be working towards and then similarly if someone doesn't want to embody that kind of collaborative cooperative approach and they want to do their own thing with their own money then we can have more of a like a resource a kind of template thing and that will help us to 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 earn some money so we'll charge for that service and then that can go back into the society and and help the next person who can't or just help us have another one but because it's not for profit which is a funny saying because it is for profit like we we're trying to make profit (laughs) so that our thing continues so it can be financially viable but all the profits go back in it's like none of us are going to suddenly show up driving a fancy car because we've all got a vote on what we're getting paid and everyone's got to be paid the same so it's yeah it's for me i'm I'm really i think it's really key um um yeah really important completely yeah i think again it's like so the whole fancy car thing of like making a profit so that the director of the business the ceo or whatever um can then go and get a really expensive car what what is the point what is the what is what does that actually do having that fancy car and when we're in this climate emergency that way of thinking is we've just got to stop that um and yeah if we can make money that then the profits then get reinvested into the whole model which helps out solve the climate crisis then yeah <laughs> that's the way yeah definitely we need like a seaweed vat or something God, um, yeah. stuff like that who <laughs> yeah, knows it um yeah it's like interesting as well like in terms of the bureaucracy and the big thing that i think you might be able to tell us a little bit more as well is like how hard it is to get the government to listen so if you were if you go to them is there any sort of are they actually do they know anything about seaweed farms are they listening to the potential of seaweed farms um again alec watt mentioned it a little bit of how difficult it is uh, for parliament to listen and 
how hardly any of the MPs want to be involved or do anything about it. Um, again, that's why I want to do this. That's why I'm doing the Kickstarter is so that people start talking about seaweed. Um, is that sort of going back to the beginning really with this conversation is like, is it is it really difficult? Is it is it being mega mega hard, trying to? Yeah, it's been it's it's been it has been really difficult. You often feel like you're not communicating properly because yeah. the the responses that you get, it's like, hang on a second, like, no, no, I don't know if you understand because yeah. it's like this is the the yeah the potential for this environmentally or for job creation or for industry yeah. or for yeah, I don't know what you just think. Wait, did I? did I not explain myself properly but I think the issue is 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 the systems are just so clunky and so complicated and so confusing um that you're often dealing with civil servants who have are having a hell of a time at work as well it's just Mm. like you can't it's like a call when someone rings you up from a call center like having a go at them isn't the right person to have a go at and that's the same with all the licensing process but we are working hard to not just complain about it and go oh it's fine we've done ours now so i'm building case studies detailing how long things took how much money they cost because you're not just talking 18 months you're talking five grand and you think no like we want to spend this money on seaweed i don't want to spend it on like one bit of paper that you have to have and then once you get that bit of paper they go okay that's your permission to farm seaweed but now you need a permission to sell seaweed and you're just like how long is that going to take well we need to come out once a month for 10 months to test your water and you're just like this trial farm's two years old our license runs out in five years like we'll pretty much get to cutting through red tape and then Mm. they'll be like cool your license has run out so you need to do another one (laughs) it's like if we're really going to yeah if we're if if these small groups these grassroots kind of groups can have an effect they need to be supported and i think that's the thing i want to talk to government government about it's not like can you do something about the climate crisis it's just like can you look at this license process and make it easier for the next guy exactly they they need to be spoon-fed these ideas that's it at the end of the day it's the people us will who will come up with these ideas and then they need to listen to the ideas and and and, because we're actually making their lives loads easier because you're there going i've done this i've got this concept um it totally works it can be really good for carbon absorption um let's do it and it's like surely they can be like oh wow thanks you just actually helping solve the climate emergency let's let's go for it and yeah yeah in in so multiple different platforms as well you've got like sustainable development goals you've got like the future well-being act like that's also part of the frustration is is being knocked back again and again and again Mm -hmm. and then reading all these wonderful reports these amazing climate change in the paris summit or whatever they talk about and you're like cool you know this needs to happen like yeah i I completely understand greta's greta's anger and i really like it i know it kind of gets people's back up a bit but like i just think there's such a place for that anger like the girls the girls like 15 16 17 i'm not sure how old she is but she's definitely i've got 10 years on her like i completely appreciate why she's livid like it's all been written down you're basically saying yes we're gonna give you chocolate for pudding and then just not giving you any chocolate it's like you'd never do that um but well yeah no with um my son huey and thing that i like um that i think i've started to think about now is that he could live till 100 like uh quite easily like you know like well not quite easily you know what i mean uh so what is the year going to be when in in 100 years time when he's 100 uh, it'll be mm. 2100 and no one ever talks about 2100 everyone talks about 2040 2050 um and they say what could happen in, uh, by 2040 and 2050 and just like isn't that like really 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 scary um, but yeah. not to think about actual 2100 um, and yeah and then it's like we're not and really it's how, how much are we actually doing about the problem um, it's yeah it's yeah. scary yeah. yeah definitely and I think it's 
I think it's good to feel that fear rather than just like continually distract yourself out of it. But totally. I sometimes do think that maybe the work aspect of things is just another form of distraction. But I think at least it's kind of directing that energy positively. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, there's not much you can do about it, like letting go of some of the control. And I think that comes into like, um, yeah, personal guilt and blame over the climate crisis. Like we are, we were born into this situation and it is something we just have to watch unfold. But um, yeah, I think when it comes to kids and stuff, I think you've just got to give them that time and space to express their frustration about it because yeah. it's nutty. It's absolutely nutty. The world's yeah. beautiful and yeah, life's sacred. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, okay, so uh, let's talk about uh, adults and if you're if you're sending us some uh, and we can cook with it, what, what do you suggest we do with it? Adults, um, if you're yeah, we got... Dulse, sorry, what are you sending? I'm going to send lava and dulse. Oh, so right, cool, cool. lava, dulse is like this beautifully deep red colour. Um, mm. And people put it in all sorts, like savoury and sweet stuff. Um, and also like there's a lot of cosmetic type products that use dulse. Um, what would I do with it? I would dry it out. Um, people often just like fry it up with stir fries and stuff. Um, cool. Um, so I would go with that, but also soups and stocks and yeah. um, broths. Like the seaweed has this amazing ability to like thicken things. So it's just really nice to use in kind of, yeah, Asian inspired broths and stocks. Um, mm. And then the lava, we call it lava in Wales. And then most people know it's nori. Um, that's what the Japanese okay. call okay. it. And um Lava's kind of Wales's favourite one. It's like it's where we get our lava bread from. Lava bread is just slow cooked lava. So you're talking all day. But um I would say like my grandparents kind of generation, they were eating lava. Uh yeah. and lava bread's yeah. lava bread's a bit of a kind of your classic healthy food type thing. Like when you eat it, you think like, yeah, this is healthy, because it's just like a lot a lot of people, it's not their cup of tea at all. So with lava, rather than slow kicking it into lava bread, I prefer to dry it and then put it in like a Nutribullet or something similar and just right. flake it up. And then right. you've got this like epic flaky lava which you can just sprinkle on top of things. I put it on my porridge, put it on my scrambled eggs. Um and yeah, anyone listening to the podcast that wants to try, I've got some seaweed that I can send you. And because no money's being exchanged, I have just got a seaweed hand harvesting license, but we're still setting up like processing and, and washing and drying. And then obviously all this stuff about being a, a food. Oh yeah, just, just more bureaucracy. But um, in the meantime, I can just send seaweed to people. And I'm really enjoying that. It's yeah. like, this is another way of what I'm saying about like doing the small environmental things um, and, and how that can be so powerful in making you feel better. It's like me sending you a package of dulse. I mean, it's low tide this afternoon, so I'm going to do it this afternoon. Okay. But um, hopefully yeah. that means you can still cook for the weekend. But yeah, this act of me going to the post office and sending you the seaweed, it's like, I've earned no money, you've earned no money. And yet there's something that just feels oh, great yeah. about it. There's oh, like yeah. one more, one more dude has, has cooked seaweed this weekend rather yeah. than steak. Yeah. And I think seaweed is going to be, I haven't really mentioned this, but it's like, it will help us move away from meat consumption because when I eat it, I feel full and all yeah. the nutrients, it's nutrient yeah. dense. Like you're talking, there's more protein in it than red meat. Like we, yeah. And, and I struggle with vegetarian food. Like I, I, I don't eat much meat, but I've never been a vegetarian mm. and I've struggled mm. to be full sometimes with veggie food. And yet, like, yes, with yeah. seaweed for me, it's just like ticking those boxes um, yeah, well. and shellfish. Yeah, yeah. I really want people to eat more shellfish, but it just creeps a lot of people out, which I completely get. Everyone's like oysters are just like snot and all of this kind of stuff. But oh, I think man. it's a, like a lot of healthy food. The more you eat of it, the more your body tells you, this is great. Please yeah, yeah, eat yeah. more of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the less I eat McDonald's, the more disappointing it is each time I decide to have that like, yeah, box of nuggets. And you're like, why did I do that? That was rubbish. Um, but yeah, yeah, seafood, seafood like shellfish and seaweeds the future. I reckon. I hope that 
as like environment like food trends seem to work in an environmental way which is pretty awesome that people are like eating per the per the environment so um yeah i'm hoping that that in the next the next few years we'll see that change happening as well Definitely, yeah. the, the big one for me as well there is like you can actually that seaweed is effectively free um i know that you're, you're growing it and everything but you can actually go down to the beach that today and pick it for free all you've got to do is send it to me to eat it's like actually you're not like whereas everything else that we do even the i suppose like and obviously the meat and vegetables and things like um you'd have to get you probably you could actually grow the veg in your garden obviously but um like it, in general like that seaweed is it's just growing completely naturally like at the beach um, and you can go and yeah and it's, it's yeah. crazy that hardly anyone seems to know that uh, as well yeah. yeah no for sure we just haven't had to know it have we like i had a really good conversation with a friend who was talking about why capitalism is awesome and she was talking about i can go to a supermarket and buy a pineapple whenever yeah, i want yeah, 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 like yeah. Um, and i i think that when i see that lava this this seaweed that's also called nori has more vitamin c in than oranges you think like well we've always been able to go to the supermarket and mum bought a bag of apples and a bag of oranges like that mm. that was that was where our vitamin c was but yeah there's something amazing about going down to the beach and just taking a little plastic bag with you and um picking seaweed i have had a lot of resistance and i think this this is quite similar to the guy on social media that's been kind of questioning what you're doing with seaweed and the t-shirts yeah. is that people often say like oh you shouldn't be picking seaweed from I know, I've had that like well. oh that's yeah. not sustainable before, and yeah. i want to challenge it like i'm i'm well up for i'm well up for like we we have to be careful with with it's, it's conservation isn't it you've got to protect these species and all of that kind of stuff but yeah. yeah i think it's important to challenge those things because i don't think that approach will necessarily be that helpful within mm -hmm. trying to address the climate crisis um so i think that we need to fully understand like well what is the life cycle of that lava and uh, I, re I read that it's like 14 day growth cycle right. um or 21 day growth cycle so so it really it grows really quickly yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it's notorious lavas they also call it lady lava so it's notorious for kind of appearing and disappearing it's like this kind yeah, of yeah, like right. yeah um whereas whereas other seaweeds are really glow gross slowing there's some racks called like um egg rack that you just shouldn't touch so it's the classic case of awareness and education rather than being like don't touch it i totally. think don't touch it yeah, is yeah. Da dangerous because it's we are a product of that aren't we don't touch those things don't learn about those things that could be poisonous mm -hmm. but we're not actually going that's poisonous everything else is fine like i have a background with forest school so i've done a few years of outdoor education and and that helped in carrying more setup because i went out to the beaches i went to places like um community um events and stuff in pembrokeshire just in our first year to talk about what our idea was and um yeah that's kind of what caramel has been grown on is this thing of like get outside connect with nature and and start learning how to navigate yourself through it safely and 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 let kids play like it's just it's a simple thing but i think it's so important and it it just keeps coming back it's like um we're now we've got the ocean farm i'm trying to talk to people about about the idea of well we could free dive into this farm or you know we could we could it's just it's just reconnecting with nature and and people hear that a lot but but reconnecting with the sea is equally as important like this planet is majority the majority of it is sea so moving food production into the sea is a great idea for a growing population but also i think it's about connecting to the sea that's that's really key like when i lose the plot and i go and look at the sea losing the plot doesn't seem as important and yeah. and that's simply yeah. so yeah. important yeah. like it's it's we don't need to overcomplicate mental health we can literally just be like I just went outside and now I feel better. Like a four-year-old could come up with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree anymore. Um, yeah, um, I'm like a picturing Carrie Moore as well. Like, because there's so like again, it's like so many benefits of like 
a centre of seaweed and you could offer like free diving, you could offer a restaurant that just cooks with the seaweed and like this whole like big massive circular kind of um, like growth and economy process going on in just one centre, uh, just all around seaweed. It's like, and yeah, exactly what you're saying, like the mental health awareness of just spending some time um, next to the sea, if you can get to the sea, it's like, it's just, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm really hoping that I can come next week because I'm absolutely missing, missing the ocean big time. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I've, my heart goes out to surfers and yeah. to people that are used yeah. to just using that as a way to let off some steam. Exactly, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. spend time on your own as well. I feel like that's such mm. an important thing for mm. us. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, we've got, we've got to be creative in this time. Um, and I, I quite like how restrictions make you feel like well, once you get these restrictions or these yeah these restrictions are imposed on us then you have to kind of creatively navigate your way through it and i think a common theme throughout covid is is this like is a problem solving thing it's like i can't do this and i can't do this so we've been doing that and i've really enjoyed that and you're yeah. like that's a really cool yeah. process because that's like going hi i'm gonna i've set up carry more and i'm gonna have loads of ocean farms but it takes you three years to get a tiny little trial ocean farm in the water and yeah. um, and you think like, oh, that's not how I imagined it. And yeah, I think there's something really real about that time now where, yeah, people are just having to just work out what the hell they can do and how they can kind of sort themselves out, I think. Yeah. 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 Anyone that's landlocked, but all people are doing all we're able to do. We're really fortunate because we're right in the Peak District, so I can walk out the door and be in the hills. Um, but it's just literally walking. So there's so many people out there walking, um, hmm. but, and you're like, well, what actually else can we do? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nuts. It is. What a crazy yeah. time. Totally. Um, cool. Well, let's wrap it up. I reckon that's like we've got over an hour, which is totally amazing. Um, that's some really good stuff in there. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add. Um, if you want to plug carry more in terms of is, is the investment uh, opportunity gone now or do you is it does it just carry on um we're gonna keep it going for a few more days because we're still processing the last payments oh, and paperwork nice. and stuff um but yeah we've i want i just want to say thanks for that really yeah. that's unbelievable yeah. so so we did a share offer which which opens up carry more by selling they're called pioneer shares um so yeah we've made sixty five thousand pounds which yeah, will be put straight yeah. into ocean farming which wow. is huge yeah. it's just it's just been such a heartwarming process and big up to all the young people like i i am um, the amount of people that have given money has been so kind and this is just like a personal thing but like loads of my mates have given stuff and i just think that's like that's such an awesome tribute to or i don't know what the right word is but that's just great for my belief of the younger generation yeah, like yeah, i just yeah. think yeah. it's it's a weird time and the climate crisis is a weird thing to get your head around and yeah to see so many under 30s come forward and go i don't have a grand so i've which is what the share costs so i've teamed up with my housemate oh, and we're right, going right, to give yeah. you 500 quid yeah. and you're just like That's it's amazing, amazing. like yeah. we don't need to be worried about the future all the time because we often don't acknowledge like the yeah how how great people are that are mm -hmm. just cracking mm -hmm. on and doing their own thing but yeah thank you to everyone that's that's donated super generous super kind and 65 grand is unfortunately like a little drop in the water but that's yeah. that's part of why our community benefit society thing is is so great is that we've just got this large group of people that are all just chucking time and money and everything into it so hopefully we can just ensure that this new industry is just set up in in a really good way and just like lays a good little foundation for people to um do the same because yeah i think hopefully after this crisis and spending a lot of time inside people might want to come down to the sea and reconnect or they're looking for a new job or i don't know they're just looking for something new um but yeah ocean farming just check it out uh, there's a guy called tim flannery who david attenborough kind of raves about i hadn't heard about him before but he does a ted talk on seaweed and i always recommend that as a really good cool. place to start 
Um, but yeah, just just have a read about it. It it will make you feel better. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of them. Like with, for me, for the seaweed, it's actually like wow. There's actually a really amazing solution there that actually creates jobs and creates opportunity. Um, like I, I won't go into it too much, but it's like I think the whole tree planting model um, isn't. It's obviously been amazing because there's been millions and millions of trees planted, but I think people see that and go, oh, I can plant a tree if you can join this program where we plant trees and that's going to solve the climate uh-huh. crisis. But it really, for me, it's never sat comfortably um, as a solution, uh, mainly because the trees take years and years to grow to actually make a difference anyway. Um, whereas then you see seaweed and you'd like, we've got like masses of ocean which where we could grow this stuff uh and then yeah and the and the actual the fact that it captures so much more carbon and it grows so much more quicker it's like this is could be totally insane and why isn't it <laughs> like completely yeah exploding. yeah yeah no it's nuts it's nuts how long it's taken for us to kind of cotton onto it and sometimes I've been sad by about that, and that's yeah. weird because we're doing it now, and that's okay. But yeah, you sometimes think like, what? Why? Why don't we know about this? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But just the fact that yeah, we've we've met one another, and like because of the work you're doing, people are going to be walking around in seaweed t-shirts. That's epic. Yeah, so great. Um, and yeah, just moving from I love with inland sea, it's gone from plastic pollution to seaweed because that's quite similar to to the world, like to I suppose to how the press have covered it main, yeah, mainly yeah. it's like yeah, our yeah, idea yeah. started because of the plastic pollution mm-hmm. and how that made us feel and how that made us realize what the situation was in the seas and then now we're moving into something that's far more subtle and complex and is has a solution which is yeah. great it's yeah. not just like get get the litter pickers it's like let's let's like let's just build these underwater gardens that are going to create these like new little reefs that loads of mammals can like live in. And oh, it's beautiful. I just, yeah, I just imagine all these underwater gardens in the sea and you're like, that feels lovely. Um, yeah. in the old